This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. I have two stories for you this week. The first one is a little bit different than the normal stories that I tell. It's a story about a group of non-Jews in Transylvania who around 600 years ago decided to connect themselves to the Jewish religion by keeping certain commandments, such as Shabbos and Kashrut. They celebrated Pesach and even had their own Sidor, their own prayer book, which was pretty much a translation of the Hebrew Sidor into Hungarian. And for many years, this group was persecuted, and their leaders were put in prison, tortured, and even some of them were killed. And some of their members escaped to Turkey, where they formally converted to Judaism and joined the Jewish community in Turkey. The group became known as the Sabbath Observers, and their greatest enemy was Queen Maria Theresa, who was known to hate anything Jewish. But despite having enemies, this group held to their beliefs. And in the time of Kaiser Franz Joseph, the members of this group of Sabbath observers decided that all of them would finally convert and become completely kosher Jews. And at the beginning of the outbreak of World War II, there was a Jewish journalist who went and visited their village in Hungary. He wrote that he went into the convert synagogue and they saw there were a few dozen men praying Mincha, the afternoon prayer reading intently from their small sidoim, and they appeared like very dignified and serious people and were praying with real kavana, with real devotion. And the person who led the services clearly understood the words that were before him, which said, Da defne miata omed, know before whom you are standing. And these were never the common folk of Hungary. They were part of the founders of the Transylvanian society over a thousand years ago. However, today, they all had long beards and peyot and side curls. And at the end of the service, they gathered around the journalist and gave a hearty shalom aleichem. And it didn't take long until the conversation turned to what was very dear to their hearts, their mass conversion to Judaism. For them, this is a glorious chapter in their history. And they're very proud of their ancestors' decision in the time of Kaiser Franz Joseph to join the Jewish people. And not only that, they said, many of their forefathers were already quite old when they converted, and they willingly did the mitzvah of brit milah, of being circumcised. And of course, being circumcised at any age is a big deal, but especially when you're an older man. And this group told the journalist that the first member of their group to be circumcised was over 60 years old. And he insisted that the rabbi and the mohel promised that if chas v'shalom he had died during the Brit Milah, they would bury him as a Jew. And in fact, everyone, all of the men in the community, were fighting with one another to be the first one to have the Brit Milah, because they wanted to become Jewish as soon as possible. And even the young boys were impatient. And after everyone had converted, the new Jews suffered greatly because of their new faith. But for them, it didn't bother them at all. They knew that they had done a great thing, and they were waiting patiently to see how the non-Jewish community 
would react. And it didn't take long. All of the new Jews were ordered to assemble at the courthouse at a certain time on a certain day. And none of them were afraid. They had total amuna. They said, what are they going to do to us? Put us in prison? Our ancestors were also in prison. Maybe we'd be even in the same cells that our ancestors were. And when the date of the court appearance arrived, all of the new Jews came wearing their finest Shabbos clothes. And the senior judge, an elderly gentleman, he wanted to know, what was this craziness? All of these people that converted to Judaism, what were they thinking? And one of the men of the group, whose family had been keeping Shabbos and eating kosher for several hundred years, he told the judge that the time had come for us to not be half-Jews, but to truly be Jews, 100% kosher, exactly as Hashem intended. And the judge asked the group if anyone had forced them to convert or convinced them to convert. And they all answered, No! They'd become Jews because that's what they wanted. And then the judge said, In two days, he will announce his verdict. And this group of new Jews had to accept whatever punishment was coming their way. And two days later, the verdict was announced. The judge said, Whoever wishes to remain a Jew has to bring all of their property and give it over to the Kaiser, Franz Joseph. Ah, the new Jews were so relieved. That was their punishment? To give everything over to the Kaiser? They joyfully went home and got all of their cows, oxen, jewelry, fine clothes, pillows, candelabras, and anything and everything they had. And they brought it as a community and piled it up into a huge mound in front of the court. The judge who had been watching everybody bring all of their belongings and pile them up in front of the court, he came out and he said, In the name of Kaiser Franz Joseph, you are hereby granted to remain Jews. I just wanted to see if you were really sincere about being Jews, or this was just some crazy thing that you had in your head. And for the next 75 years, the community began to grow and grow, and Jews from surrounding areas built them a shul, and they sent a rabbi and a shochet, and the community continued to prosper until unfortunately the Shoah, the Holocaust, came, and the Nazis Shamam did not leave these righteous converts unscathed, and when the time came, they proudly entered the ghettos and the concentration camps with the rest of the Jewish people, where they were able to publicly do Kiddush Hashem, sanctification of God's name. You know, what I liked so much about this story was this group who was so committed to becoming a Jew. They were willing to give everything up, and ultimately they did end up giving up their lives for being Jews. And today, how many people don't have to sacrifice anything. Nobody's threatening their lives. Nobody's forcing them to give everything over to the government. And how many people still don't want to embrace being a Jew? How much these righteous converts can teach us about how precious and dear it is to be a Jew. I la 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 One more story. A Yidole 
a little Jew, once came to Reb David Dinover, the son of the holy B'nai Yisachar. And he said, Rebbe, I'm mamish at the end. My wife and I have been married for almost 20 years, and we still don't have any children. Please, Rebbe, you have to give me a bracha, a blessing, that we have a child. The din of a Rebbe, he shook his head, and he said, My sweetest friend, I'm not the one you're supposed to be talking to. You need to go to my chassid, Reb Fivish of Tosh. He's a big Rebbe in his own right, and he's the top man for getting a blessing for having children. I don't know how he does it, but somehow he manages to open all the gates of heaven. As a matter of fact, he's coming here next Shabbos. So why don't you invite him for a meal on Shabbos and ask him for the bracha that you need? So when the Tosha Rebbe arrived in town the next Friday, this Yidale ran to meet him. And he said, Rebbe, please do us the greatest honor of eating with us one of the meals on Shabbos. And the Tosha Rebbe said, I'd be delighted to come. How about Shabbos lunch? And they agreed and they set a time. And Reb Fivish arrived the next day at the man's house, and the Yidl and his wife were so happy that Reb Fivish had come. And they tried to show him a seat at the table and have a conversation with him, but the Tosha Rebbe, he didn't seem to be paying much attention to the couple. Instead, he'd started walking back and forth from one room to the next, looking around intently, and at first the couple was confused. So they got up and they followed the Rebbe silently as he walked around the house. They had no idea what he was doing, but of course they had too much respect for him to ask any questions. And Reb Fivish's face, it was shining with love and compassion, but his holiness gave off a feeling of great awe. And finally the Yidale couldn't stand it anymore and he said, Rebbe, what are you looking for? You keep walking around the house, opening the doors to all the rooms pacing back and forth. What are you looking for, Rebbe? And the Rebbe said, I'm looking for shoes, for children's shoes, and toys, and a baby crib, any sign of a child in your house. Ay, Rebbe. And there were tears in the eyes of the Yidale that had invited the Rebbe for Shabbos for lunch. He said, Rebbe, don't you know, we've been married for over 20 years, and we still don't have children. And that's why I invited you here, Rebbe. And Reb Fivish, he cut off the Yidle in the middle of his speech and he said, Sorry, I am going to have to leave this house right now. You see, I have a very strict rule. I never eat in a home where there are no children. And the Yidle and his wife, they were ready to cry. They were in such pain. And the Yidle said, Rebbe, you promised that you would have Shabbos lunch with us. And the Tosha Rebbe said, You're right. I did promise. So I'll just have to come back again next year. And with that, he walked out the door. And as soon as he was outside, Reb Fivish lifted his eyes up to the heavens, and he cried, Ribono Olam, Master of the Universe, I mamish did promise these people that I'd have a meal in their house, and I've never broken a promise in my whole life. Hashem, please you have to help me keep my word this time too. And by next year, you have to give them a child. And of course, the year after, Reb Fivish came in order to have a Shabbos meal with the couple. And this time, there was a baby crib in one of the rooms. Oy, 
Hallelujah. 